ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello and good evening. I am not Rocky Petrella. I am not Andrew Hall, but I am the one and only Scott Sidlow here on Dynasty Junkies episode 76. Thank you for tuning in tonight with us, or maybe you're listening later in the week, or maybe you're watching us on YouTube, but however you enjoy the content, we appreciate you. Tonight we have uh, uh, just hey, one, of my, one of my brethren here, not only another another beautiful man named scott but also another portfolio dynasty player so um listen he used to play for the new jersey devils he was a defenseman scott stevens uh no just kidding but but his name is scott stevens at ff stockbroker and uh before we get to him andrew how's it going my brother oh it's going well it's going well looking forward to a fun conversation with the pair of scotts Oh yeah, baby. You got us, you got us both. It's going to be, it might be a long night. It might be a long night, but we'll, yes. we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to get to the point. So my man, Scott Stevens, welcome. Thank you for being here, man. Uh, why don't you tell the people who you are, what you do and how many leagues you're in? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the invite. I've, I've listened, listened to you guys for a while and, and Scott, you alluded to it earlier in the, in the little shoot the shit session before we before we started recording here, that uh, you and I had been in the league together for a couple of years, couple of seasons, and didn't know it at the you know <laughs> at the time, and uh, and then we found out realizing it and bonding over the uh, the hell that is that league, and um, bad commissioners. Yeah, so yeah, so it, it's it, yeah, I know, right? It, commissioner is such a big thing for a league. I don't want to get off topic, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a good commissioner can can totally help a league, and and we do not have anything close to a good commissioner in that league. No, but, sir. Uh, yeah, no, it, super cool to to find that out, and uh, you know, I appreciate you guys inviting having me on. You know, I know we've talked a lot of strategies before, and you or I, uh, actually, all three of us, you know, because Andrew and I are in the uh, Dynasty Trades HQ Patreon. You and I are in Scott Connor's yep. Dynasty and Chill Patreon, and. Yep. Um, you know, so Good we friends of the show. often over, you know, different strategies and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, you know, so like I said, appreciate you having me on. I'm currently in 54 leagues. Uh, it's probably, it's probably about 20 leagues more than, than I, than I should have and, and can handle, <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy. Sometimes you feel, you know, it, it, you know, what's nuts is when I go through waivers, and I feel like I got all my waivers in, and then I see waivers run like the next morning, and I forgot. One, I forgot about the damn league, but then two, forgot to to put my waivers in for that league, 
And, you know, being in that many leagues, I've got waivers that run at midnight my time, 2 o'clock in the morning my time, 5 o'clock in the morning my time. And it's like I'm at the gym at 5, and I'm like, shit, the waivers just went through, and I whipped on them. And, you know, so like I said, sometimes it's it, 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 it's great from, you know, our build approach to be in that many leagues, but uh, it's a management nightmare sometimes. My, the, the spreadsheets that I have for all of my leagues is – is something that analytics guys would would drool over for sure <laughs> no doubt no doubt having uh being in 46 myself uh i'm i'm right there with you i mean we're we're no scott connor but you know we can we can hold our own in the portfolio game so <laughs> that, that's a hundred uh, between the two of you that's a hundred yeah. between the two of you that's that's, that's a wild. lot of leagues it's a lot of leagues i mean it's our own market we have our own market you know like it's yeah well and you know what? I was going to ask you. So we talk about thresholds sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. for, for certain players and the threshold of percent of leagues that you want to own somebody. What is your personal threshold? Because I, I, I differ from some of the guys in the league, um, you know, especially for elite guys like a Jonathan Taylor or something like that. Like I've yes. got almost, I've got 30% JT and I've got no issue wow. with it. Whereas some people say, if you've got 20% or more then you're, you're screwing yourself. What are your guys's you know, kind of personal thresholds for holding those kind of guys. Cause yeah, I mean, so if, if I look at it like a, you know, like a stock or like an investment portfolio, like I do with clients at work, you know, for me, it's like J a guy like JT or a guy like, you know, Chase or Jefferson or something like that. Those are, you know, the large cap growth, you know, holdings that I wanted, that I've wanted to have over the analogy. last five years where I have no problem being overweight in those guys. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I essentially have three different categories with that because my elite players, I used to be, I really didn't care because it was like, listen, if guys are good, I want as many of them as I can. But then I got Andrew Lucked and and then I got Deshaun Watson. And so it just got to the point where, I mean, luck luck wrecked a lot of my leagues. Um, it, it hurt that year. Uh, just because of the timing of it specifically, that was really tough. And so... I've kind of done a 25% cap on the elite players um, within reason, but it's not like, it's not like a hard cap. You know, if I go over for a little bit, you know, I might be looking to move a share, but it just depends. Um, Non-elite players, I I tend to go over, Um, you know, like the guys like uh, Van Jefferson's an example I'll give you. Van Jefferson didn't cost really anything to get. So I don't mind having 15 shares. You know, because if he ends up being the two in that offense or the three or, you know, look what he's done over the last three weeks. I, that's great. I'm plugging him into 15 lineups. So uh, I don't I don't mind that at all. And then when it comes to the rookie draft, if I feel that there's a player I like where like Justin Herbert, I was all in on Justin Herbert. Mm. I got as much Herbert as I could. And I said, I'll just get if if I like a guy and I'm in on him and he hits, I'm going to get as much as I can. And then I can I can trade shares if I need to. So that's fine. Um, so yeah, but typically my elite players are about 25% capped. Um, but it's more just to diversify, right? Because running back is a little bit harder to do, but I don't use running. I, you know, I don't have, I don't like running backs. I don't have many running backs. So it's really more like, look at the top eight quarterbacks. I might have 20% of each one, you know what I mean? And so to me, that's still like having, it's still having an elite quarterback, it's just I have some different names. So I don't look at it as, 
you know, okay, I have 40% of one player, but I have 20, 25% of an elite player at that position. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. But Andrew, if you're, I mean, you're still in, in more leagues than the average person. So like, does, do you diversify at all? Or are you like, Hey, if I love this guy, I'm, uh, he's in all my leagues. Well, so I was actually talking about this on Twitter this week. Somebody asked me that kind of question. They're like, you know, do you, we being, I'm in 20 leagues, right? Which isn't much, but to a lot of people, that's way too many. And for me, that's probably way sure. too many. Um, I'm, I don't mind the portfolio idea, but it's just not how I tend to play the game. I like to have fun and, you know, take it a little bit more easy. And I'm obviously creating content and everything like that. I've got a regular job like we all do. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to make some decisions. But for the most part, I, I actually kind of agree with you, Scott. When it comes to the elite players, I feel like I have fewer shares of those guys, um, m- mostly because the the co- I always look at the cost. What's the cost of acquisition on those? The cost of that that blue chip stock is high for a reason. You're, you're going to grow. It's worth the money. It's not that I can't afford it. I would rather ride the guy like Van Jefferson or Amon Ross St. Brown or, you know, these guys that are like almost nothing. Their third round, fourth round picks are worth that at the beginning of the year. And then they go up to a second round value and I flip them. And it's one of those like if I'm in 20 leagues and I've got, you know, seven shares of Van Jefferson and he starts to pop off, I might sell one of them and be like, all right, let me get out on one. Let me get out on one here. Let me get out on one here as he's rising and kind of, you know, minimizing my leverage and then take a pick and a player that's lower to do the same and kind of looking to build that team as we all do, try to build the value of that team. And every incremental value change is worth it. So yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't keep hardcore track of the percentages. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at the numbers too hardcore, but I know I think the the most most owned player I have or most rostered player I have right now, I want to say is Amon Ross St. Brown with eight out of my 20 teams. And I just acquired him in one league and traded him in another. So it's still eight. <laughs> so it's like, all right, uh, I guess I'm still yeah. there. But I mean, that's one of those that, even this week, after this week, I could probably sell them for more than I got them for, you know, because there's not going to be sure. anybody else there. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it just depends on what the cost is. I always look at that. Well, Scott, is there a point where you say like, okay, yeah, I'm I, Jonathan Taylor's young. He's in a great offense, so I don't mind having as many shares as I can get. But is there, do you have, um, have you seen a, you know, a trajectory, a path, uh, is there some sort of marker that it's like when we get to this point, whether it's age or seasons or carries or touches or something that you're like, all right, at this point, I'm going to start divesting of those shares or is it, Hey, I'm going to ride these guys out and win as much as I can. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And, you know, and for me, you know, one, it's based off of the position. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be much more strict over certain positions. Like, I, you know, I got CMC'd pretty good the last couple of years, and, and and I had him in a bunch of my PPC leagues where, you know, was it three years ago now? I mean, he scored like a hundred more points than like the top scoring quarterback. I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, I mean, it was like it was 448 points or something like that, and the closest QB was like 350. You know, and so. Um, you know, he was definitely, you know, somebody that I was, that I was interested in owning in those types of leagues. So, you know, for me, you know, I I think it's so hard to, you know, I I hate the injury prone thing. I hate generalizations and stuff like that, you know, because there's certain guys that just buck that, you know, like Derrick Henry. I I mean, what was it? Three, four, five, six years, Larry Fitzgerald, three, four, five, six years where everybody was selling him shit Tom Brady four or five years ago was cooked, 
you know, and right, now, right. now look what he's done the last couple of years. I bought him in a couple of years list this year, a couple of leagues this year. And I had never bought Tom Brady, you know, but I got offers from guys that were rebuilding where they sold him, you know, relatively inexpensively. And I'm like, you know what, even if I only get, you know, this year, you know, maybe this year and one more year, it, it's worth it because of what he's doing. So, you know, for me, I, I think it's very situational for me. I won't have hard and fast, you know, 30-year-old wide receiver because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's proved that there's certain type of dudes, you know, like uh, if Antonio Brown wasn't, you know, batshit crazy, his, right. his, his playing style and body style and, and things like that is somebody, you know, he's not a Megatron or a Julio Jones kind of guy where, you know, he gets, he gets the crap beat out of him you know, because of the way that he plays. And so, you know, he's a guy that if, if he wasn't, you know, losing his mind, he's probably got three or four, like, highly productive years in him, sure. you know, kind of thing. So, you know, for me, I, I won't look at hard and fast. You know, it was it was 30, you know, I mean, shit, back when I started playing, it was 30 years old for a running back. Now it's 30 years old for a wide receiver, and it's like 25 years old for a running back. Um, right. But, yeah, so I won't – you know, sorry, long-winded answer to your question. I won't have, I don't have like a hard and fast, you know, I'll look at touches and I'll look at historical touches, you know, and what guys do coming off of historical touch seasons. And I might mm -hmm. try and get out of, like I, like I was lucky. I, I didn't have any Gurley when Gurley fell off the cliff. Just, oh, me neither. Just based off of what he had had. I mean, he was one of those guys that to me just had way too many touches and came into the league with issues. With you know? the issues. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if people are looking at historical touches or, you know, maybe they go into a bad situation or a bad coaching situation or something like that, then yeah, I'll look at divesting from guys that, you know, that might not be, I'd rather be Belichick and, and get out too soon rather than get out too late. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and with that, speaking of injuries, um, kind of going into our injury roundup here. I mean, this this week is is pretty wild. Uh, you know, we always see as the season goes on this this car crash sport that we're in. Um, you know, guys guys get hurt and guys compounding injuries, and it gets late in the season. Um, guys get shut down, even if they maybe wouldn't earlier in the season, or if the team's not competitive. And so that's where we start to kind of find some of these deeper players, you know, these these handcuffs, these backups, these third stringers, the practice squad guys that get promoted. Then you add COVID on top of that, and and now it's just, I mean, Cleveland, I don't know how Cleveland's going to have a roster this week. I mean, it's pretty crazy. They're the Saturday game, so they have one less day to figure it out. So, man, it's, it's, a, it's a wild one. And, um, Andrew, I think you made a great point earlier about this Thursday game that we can apply – to the Saturday games, right? Sure. And that's just get the get whoever's playing in your lineups and figure it out as we go, right? Yeah, if, if they're yeah. active, they're starting, right? I mean, it, it, this is one of those, uh, it, it's almost like you think of it like a natural disaster, right? Like we don't know what's coming, but it's not good. So let's hunker down, let's protect, let's do what we can. Uh, it may not be the right decision and I may end up in my, in my basement for worried for no reason, but I'd rather be in my basement worried for no reason than be outside not worried at all, right? Um, I yep. think that's kind of where a lot of the decisions I had today on Twitter, people were like, well, should I start so-and-so? And, -so? and I'm, I'm like, you know, honestly, yes. Like I, I didn't have any questions about like uh, Jackson or Roundtree or any of those guys, but it was all like, do I start Daryl Williams? And I'm like, yeah, I think you do. Yep. Um, I, I even I wrote an article for pro football network that came out today. And it was like, 
I could even see people starting Gore. Like the, the way the injuries have gone the, in dynasty leagues, when you're just desperate for a running back to fill a hole, like I think Gore could be a play. And then, of course, first play, first touchdown goes to a running back on the Chiefs. Not any of Not the three guys I recommended. It was Burton, the fullback, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, but it, the logic still applies, right? Like put someone in your lineup. And I think the other thing that makes this so, it just makes it feel so crazy is that it's literally you get an alert on your phone that so-and-so is out with COVID. It's not like they were hurt and they were questionable yeah. and you had you had plans and you're like, well, if they don't play, I've got this guy. It's like you just get smacked in the face like, oh, Baker Mayfield's out. Oh, so-and-so's out. And so it just it's yeah. so fast and furious. You're just like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, that's, I think, what makes it so tricky and more tricky than usual is that it's not like he's, you know, Eckler is nursing an injury and he might miss the game. We get to build up to it. Nope, he's out. Doesn't We don't know why. He's just out. Ugh, it just makes this whole kind of thing, uh, you know, exhausting at the end of an already exhausting year. Put it that way. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Scott as a portfolio player, I, Stevens, Scott Stevens as a portfolio player, do you even really worry too much about injuries until it comes to lineups? Like, are you really panicking at all? Or is it more like, we'll figure it out when we get there? Yeah, you know, and then and I'm going to, you know, give another shout out to Scott Connor. He and I have, you know, felt like we've shared the same brain for years as far as Dynasty goes. And I'm even in like a little private group me chat with him and another guy, um, Dogtown, who's in in both of those Patreons. Um, yeah. We're co-owners of a couple of teams together. And, um, you know, we have some great discussions in there. And Scott has been big the last couple of years on depth and so you know we talked about you know deep sleepers and things like that and i would say scott's specialty is is probably tight ends as far as depth yes you know so i was looking at my dynasty planet you know and some of the tight ends that i have like i've got 42 percent foster moreau you know i have i've got 37 uh, percent tyree jackson i mean and all these guys, you know, got for absolutely free, you know, off of waivers kind of thing. So, you know, I, I think the big thing really is, is, yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny. My phone was blowing up all day with all these notifications, COVID notifications and, and things like that. And, you know, guys are, are complaining in Patreon. And I got some questions as well on on Twitter and in GroupMe about, uh, uh, you know, guys to start. And, and I was with you. It was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm totally okay starting Guyton over maybe starting Pollard or, you know, maybe starting Henderson or, point, yeah. you know, whoever it is. It's like, one, I know the guy's going to play. I know he's going to get some snaps. If somebody gets hurt, he's going to get a bunch of them. Um, he's always the, 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 you know, he's always there as a potential deep ball threat or something like that. He could get away from somebody if Keenan and Mike Williams are getting too much attention. So, you know, it, take the take the bird in hand kind of thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't really freak out too much about injuries, you know, because most of the leagues that I play in have some pretty deep benches um, and allow me to accumulate, you know, the depth. Um, I will say, though, I, I will admit, you know, unfortunately that I'm probably, I haven't been as good in probably four or five leagues this year as I, as I am in some of the other leagues, um, as far as, you know, churning moving on you know as soon as i pick somebody up and maybe they pop and, and maybe do something for a week then you know selling them like uh Darnus johnson you know yeah. i had i had like 23 shares of him you know that i that i got for free that i want to say that i sold like six or seven of them for seconds you know after his after his one i think it was a thursday night game yep. um yes. where he went off 
Uh, one, I bought one of his T-shirts after he went off, and <laughs> and then promptly sold about um, six or eight, you know, of, of the 23 shares that I had. But you know, and then made room, you know, for other guys. So yeah, it, it's not something that I I worry about too much. It's it's something that, especially when you look at stuff like today, where COVID and you're talking about playoffs, everybody's dealing with the same thing. One of my highest stakes leagues, the guy that I'm playing this week has lost Waddle. He lost, he's literally, he's lost like two or three of his biggest names. I'll find it here in a second. But I mean, all of a sudden from something that was going to be potentially a close match, or maybe he was favored. Now he's a massive underdog and, you know, all from this. So, you know, you can't worry about it too much because there's so many people that are in the same boat. You know, uh, Hollywood Brown, Brown popped today uh, as far yeah. as, you know, not practicing due to an illness. And so, you know, you look at something like, you know, you look at those types of things. And one of the guys in one of my chats was like, man, that's going to crush me. I have him in like 11 out of 18 leagues. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, it is going to crush you. But, you know, at, at the same time, it's, you know, it, you've got to have somebody, something else there, you know, kind of thing. And not only that, but Hollywood, I mean, he might not have LJAC. So maybe I'm not even worried about right. you know, losing Hollywood you know that much but um who needs yeah, context you to, man you don't you don't need to add context yeah. to anything it's all in everything's in a vacuum i lost a player it's terrible <laughs> it, yeah. i love this, this twitter world we're living in right <laughs> it is it, it is it, it's crazy you know but i mean again you can't you can't worry about it you can't freak out about it yeah look at uh, shoot guyton actually caught a touchdown He's he did, got seven point four points. He i did. look like a freaking genius um <laughs> and i'm and i'm really not but um yeah I mean, well, yeah, the you other thing about Thursday, hand. I was going to say, you're talking about this bird in the hand on Thursdays. The other thing I always, I've always liked about Thursdays is it gives you an idea of how aggressive you need to be on Sunday, right? Yeah, we've yes, got Saturday yeah. games, but like there are lots of times I want you to have put someone new in information Thursday, you can use, right? And be like, all right, well, now I got, I got seven points from Guyton. That's more than I expected. I can be a little more conservative on Sunday, or I don't have yep. to worry about that lineup decision because he's already locked in my lineup. Like, there's a whole bunch of benefits you get anyway. And then you add on yep. this chaos uh, COVID storm that we're having, this uh, you know COVID NATO that's coming through the uh, the bye weeks and and the NFL right now in playoffs. It's like there's just there's no reason not to at this point. I mean the Saturday right. games add another layer to that because then it's like okay yep. you've got three different well four different windows if you count Monday. It's like you've got all these different windows to kind of play some things out. I love it. I love the way that the end of the year always has Saturday games. It always ends up being a lot more fun. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there. There's no reason to panic. Just keep playing. No. Uh, and, then, and you bring up a great point as far as having extra intel going into the weekend, you know, because we get so many questions and there's not enough context there, you know, as far as, you know, because one of the big questions is, is, you know, are you an underdog or are you a favorite? You know, so a lot of times all I, if somebody's giving me an either or, it's like, here's your floor play, here's your ceiling play. Yep. Whichever one you think you need to win your matchup, you know, that's your play if I can't get any other context. So, yeah, for you, that's that's a great call knowing that, you know, having having that intel going into the weekend lets you make some decisions over the weekend that, that might be a coin flip that now are a lot easier for you. Yep. hundred percent agree. So now, I mean, all, all these guys, um, now, if you don't have a trade deadline right now, is, is there anyone that's not necessarily COVID because we know that's typically a short term thing, but are there any injuries that have come up that trigger something for you? That's like, that's a buy or that's a sell. 
Um, typically, it's not going to be a sell because their value takes a hit maybe. But, uh, you know, so an example would be they just announced uh, a couple hours ago, TJ Hawkinson is going to be out for the season. Yeah. Um, I have 17 shares of TJ Hawkinson. And yeah, 17 shares. And that's a that's a lot. <laughs> and so obviously I don't think I'm going to be selling any at this point, but maybe there's a league where I'm competing and I can do some sort of lateral move to get me some points, something like that, throw in a pick, whatever. Um, but does that typically for you or just even in this case or any of these players, will that bring up maybe a buying opportunity for your non-playoff teams? Hundred percent. Or are you just not yeah. necessarily like, hey, nah, maybe we'll just kind of wait. Well, I think it does for sure, and, I, and I'll put it this way too. I think with Hawkinson specifically, I've been trying to get him in a couple different places where I'm rebuilding because I think he's having a rough year. I mean, the, the Lions are just a train wreck this year. Swift's been really good with an out, and I think that team has a lot of growth left in it. So Hawkinson, somebody I've been trying to get anyway. And so when that came out, I sent an offer that was like a first and a third for Hawkinson. Where you know the guy that he kind of wanted a first, it's his own first. He gets back. He's a championship contending kind of team, so he's not going to get any points out of Hawkinson. But maybe he'd rather have the pick because he doesn't have. You know, it's his own pick. He doesn't have it. Sure. Um, and it's one of those two where like, well, do I? Do I he's got other tight ends. Like he doesn't need another guy, and I don't have anyone to give him. Um, so there was actually in a in a different league where I'm, I'm in a contending mode. I was like, well, I got Waller. I, maybe I go to try to get Hawkinson, and I just you know stack up a little behind me for next year. But a trade went down. It was Hawkinson and a second or 23 second for Andrews and a 22 fourth. And I was like, see, what? that's the kind of move that I think, I mean, I would much rather have Andrews myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I think that that's, I mean, again, it's a, it's a 23 second, which you could argue there's a lot of value in the 23 class and maybe those picks are still ascending and whatever, but like a 22 fourth and Andrews, I, Andrews is by far the better option. And it's going to give you a ton of lay a ton of leeway in this, weird world that we're seeing i think andrews is by far the better pick so if you can do something like that i'm fine selling hawkinson to kind of upgrade but for the most part i'm buying hawkinson the other name i and we can stevens we can get into some of this stuff too but i guess the other guy i was thinking about even was was jalen hurts right like now he might not play this week there he's splitting snaps with Minshew. there's been talk all year about whether or not he's even going to be the starter next year so like some of those guys that have had this cloud like hawkinson too has missed time he's kind of murky like some of that stuff i like to strike then when it's like three weeks in and the, the manager of that guy might just be like you know what i'm done i'm out like that's kind of when i like to strike because when it's when it's a first injury and it's like a first notice of it i feel like people aren't as willing to pull the trigger but maybe that's just me so that's kind of where my thoughts land yeah you know i mean for me i actually you know and it's easy you know when you have this many leagues i actually look at doing both so, yeah. you know, leagues, leagues where maybe I'm out of it and I've got a guy like Kelsey, you know, and the guy that had Hawk is contending. I'll send them Kelsey for Hawk in a first, you know, kind of thing. And, do that um, right now. but then, uh, <laughs> then other way around, <laughs> other way around too, if I've got a lot of Hawk like Sidlow does, then you look at, you know what, especially if I'm competing, you know, can I get Gesicki straight up? Can I get Gesicki, you know, can I, can I get Gesicki and a third, you know, kind of, I mean, something along those lines, because to me, especially when you get out of, you know, those top four or five guys, when you get away from Pitts, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, um, Waller, -ish. you know, Waller-ish, yeah, that's why I got so much Foster Moreau, um, yep. but yeah, I, I mean, 
you get out of that top four, that top five, you know, a lot of those guys are super similar, you know, and I really, really liked Hawk this year because I thought Detroit was going to be behind all the time. They're going to be chucking it all the time. And, and that was going to be Goff's security blanket. But I saw a bunch of people picking up, you know, like the backup tight ends there with, with Detroit. And I'm like, go ahead and waste that roster, roster spot because one, Hawk wasn't getting targets, you know, the last handful of weeks when he was playing, you know, and two, you know, Goff isn't, you know, it, it is what he is, you know, and Dennis Green's, you know, he is what we thought he was, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And, and he's not being, he, he's not getting garbage time. He's not getting, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, the, the, the negative game script, you know, kind of stuff to help out. So, you know, for me, I would have no problem pivoting down to which, you know, w- with somebody that could be actually pretty even as far as production, like with a Gesicki, um, you know, or Fant or something like that from Hawk. If, um, you know, especially if somebody's rebuilding and they think that Hawk is on the same level or or better than a Fant or a Gesicki, and I can get a little juice back on top, even though Hawk is, is, is toast for the year, if if he still has that name cash, then like I said, I'll kind of work both sides of you know trying to buy and sell him. That's yeah. That I mean that that makes perfect sense to me. I'm certainly doing that um, a lot of my own. Um, you know, I want to ask you this question specifically because there's just been so much. Uh, you know, oh, the 22 class is terrible and the 23 class is amazing and all, you know, and honestly, it's kind of like you always get that like every year. It's like, a, you know, every year there's a class that's amazing, you know, whatever. Um, 21 but, was amazing until it but, wasn't. Yeah, right. I mean, you, we, <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah. So so to me, uh, this is something that. I don't know. People kind of go either way. So you might you might say, you know, no, Sidlo, you're an idiot. But to me, there's there's time value. And the 23 picks aren't like great. If I can get a 23 pick, fine, cool. But I'm perfectly fine grabbing those 22 picks if people are just throwing them away, essentially. If they're not valuing them, fine, I'll take them. Because then I can put some production behind it. Or as we get closer to the draft, there's going to be players that pop. You know, there's going to be somebody that lands somewhere. There's going to be some, you know, buzz on on some player. And, and those picks are always going to increase in value. So I'm willing to take those 22 picks and figure it out later. And so, and I know I have more time to get those 23 picks, you know, in the future if, if I want or need. And so uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to get those 22 picks now in a lot of leagues. And I've found myself accumulating more than I typically do. Um, it's, it's still, I just think I can do something with them now or well, at, it's at always good. Time. So it's always good why, to not, why not, why not right? Yeah. It's always good to like go. The why other not do it? You know, regardless of yeah. the class, whatever, I'm not even worried about that right now. It's just more, let me get these picks and, and then figure it out. Um, but if have you seen in your leagues that people are more willing to part with 22s? And have you have you taken advantage or is that not even a thought process for you? Well, I mean, I'll, I can jump in here. I, I think that there is a definite value in some of those. If, if everybody, like you were saying, if, if you're zigging when everyone's zagging, you can sometimes capitalize on the market. Right. And then the, the value becomes I've got all the picks 
And at some point, even as bad as this, quote unquote, as bad as this class is going to be, right, come March, it's going to be amazing. And there's going to be seven guys that everybody wants. You know what I mean? Like it, it happens every year. Right. And, and then right. even then, and I, I always use this because it, it burned me so bad. But like then there's always that Nikhil Harry, right? Like there's that guy that's a sure <laughs> thing. He's going to a great opportunity on a great team. There's it's a slam dunk. He's better than DK Metcalf. No doubt. Let's take the kill Harry at 101. And then every, you know, six months later, you're like, that was a that was a terrible pick. And it's only six months that you're already realizing it. Right. So like is and then there's Hakeem Butler. Remember him? Andy Isabella, Paris do, Campbell. Like there's so many more busts than anything else. So and I think Scott, we've talked about this almost ad nauseum at this point. I love collecting the picks because they're not gonna descend in value. And then when you right. get on the clock, trade them for a player that you like. You don't have to make the pick. I think a lot of times, and I think this is just a, a casual mindset that people have with this game. Is it like, oh, I've got eight picks. I need to find room in my roster for eight players. No, okay. you don't. Like you don't need you don't need to worry about that. Like that decision doesn't need to be made if ever. Like you could literally trade everything. And it goes the other way too. Like there are plenty of times. There's a couple of leagues where I think one league I've only got one fourth round pick and 23 left. Right where I've sent them all. I'm contending. I'm like I don't care. Get, take it. I need the points. Right. I'm, I'm putting all of that money in my in my uh, bank account right now. I'm taking it out of every investment portfolio I've got. I need that liquidity. Give me that cash. I'm going to go make a run to the bank. I'm going to make it happen. And then come off season, I'll start trading things away again, getting picks back, investing in different places. So it kind of comes back to that portfolio mindset. And again, I'm, I'm not an investor. I don't have I'm not a broker like you, Scott. I'm not a you know, 50 league guy. It's just not how I, my mind works. But it kind of is right. Like, I think that's the best way to play this game is to kind of have your mindset on the whole the whole picture. And I think to each league is its own market. Each league is its own unique group of people that have their own mindsets. Uh, we were talking before we started how there are some leagues where guys just won't trade out of principle or they just they don't ever make a move. And it's like that's actually vital information to be like, all right, I'm not going to trade with him. And there was one league I was in uh, a couple of years ago where it was my second year in the league. And this guy that always, every time I reached out, he goes, no, I'm not interested. No, I'm not interested. He reaches out to me and I just go, okay, well, what are you looking for? You know, like, I'm not going to be a jerk back and be like, no, I'm not interested. And what he wanted was ridiculous to the point where I was like, well, that's a, that's a lot. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to begin. I'm not going to be a jerk, even though it was primed for it. I'm like, that's a little more than I'm willing to pay for that player. I, you know, appreciate the offer. Reach out anytime. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to shut it down, but it was funny. Nobody traded with him because he had blown everybody off. His values were so different. And he never made a trade. And I was like, this is where I think the players come into play, where it's like there's a mind game there. You know what I mean? So, again, kind of back to the original point. If everybody's hating the 22 picks, I'm with you, Scott. Give them all. I'll take them all. Put them all on my team. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And, that, and that's also the nice thing about being in both of the different, you know, Patreons that we're in is, is okay, yeah, between the two Scots here, we've got 100. Between the three of us, we've got 120, 125 leagues. Well, those Patreons, you add another, you know, 600 to 1,000 leagues, yep. and and you get this exactly. narrative like this summer, you know, and it worked out great for me at the beginning of the year, but this summer, all the talk, it, everything just got way too negative on Zeke, you know, for, for me. The hate had gone too far. So you talk yes. about, you know, people hate the 22 picks, you know, okay, give them to me. People hate Zeke, okay. I mean, I, I was getting Zeke dirt cheap. I mean, I was getting him late in startups. I was getting them dirt cheap in trades. Everybody was off of Zeke. All right. I mean, and, you know, like I said, it worked out great. You know, the first, you know, five, six games of the year, now he's banged up. But I mean, you, I think a contrarian view, you know, is, 
is a great way, you know, to play this because, you know, it's, you know, for instance, one, one of my PPC leagues, you know, I felt like I was overweight in CMC a couple seasons ago and I traded CMC in one of my PPC leagues for Swift and a 23 first. Mm. And I mean, then all of a sudden it looked great this year, you know, when CMC right. went down and Swift was doing so well and I had that pick in the book. So, you know, again, if the value gets so much, so high for somebody, you almost have to cash out, especially e- even if it's somebody that you totally dig. I mean, if you're getting an absolute haul, you know, for somebody, you know, if, if somebody's offering you, you know, three, four plus first value for a player, other than maybe Mahomes, I, I, I don't, I don't really, you know, or Herbert, or I, I don't care really who it is. That's that's a that's a boatload of value for somebody that could, you know, tear an ACL next week. Or and you know, to your point, you know, about picks, they're never they're not going to depreciate in value yep. until I use them. They they're going to ascend in value until I actually select a player with them. And so. Yeah, so so playing that contrarian way, I, I think is is very smart on on both sides. If, if 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 you think that somebody is is valued that's just you know through the roof, you know sell a couple. And if somebody is right. I think is 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 undervalued and and the hate has gotten too too hard on, um, then buy them. And so you know, and and that's the great thing with the portfolio approach. And like I said, with the Patreons that are in, we get we get such a good pulse on the market and. And, and where the hate is that, you know, it, it, it's easy to kind of make our own moves and make our own pivots. And, and to be honest, too, I think one thing that I, I want to say gets a little overlooked or oversimplified is that there isn't a single dollar value, right? Each market is so different. And we, we talk about totally. this all the time, but it's not like uh, uh, Pat Mahomes is worth eight units or like 800 points or whatever, you know, like the, you, whatever generic term you want to call it. That's not true across leagues. That's different. Right. Like you can't sure. say that it's not always that way. And then I think what ends up happening again, this is the nature of the beast. And, and the thing we've all signed up for is like you put a trade on Twitter and it's like in a vacuum, this player is worth X because it's worth right. this and this one trade. OK, but if I did that the other way and I took that other side against this, like well, now it's different. The context changes. Well, OK, so you can't nothing is in a vacuum. We're all playing this game with other living human beings that are all making decisions. And I say this yep. to so many people, it almost gets exhausting. It's like, if we all valued players the same way, I would hate this. Like, this would be terrifying. I would not want to play this game. <laughs> the fact that we value players boring. differently makes it fun. So that's why when I get yep. those ridiculous offers, I end up saying something like, we value these players too differently. I don't think it's going to work. It's not like I, you're wrong. Like, man, there's no way you can get that. I guarantee you somebody out there has gotten that, and that's why they're offering it. Or they feel right. like it's worth that. I'm not going to crap on that. But again, it all comes yep. down to that. What, what kind of risk are you willing to take? And to kind of bring it back to injuries, too, I mean, injuries are something that happen. It's part of the game. You can't get away from it. So I think in Dynasty, especially if, if you kind of lean into it sometimes, and I did this a little bit last year with CMC. I traded Henry and somebody else for CMC and somebody else because I was out of it. And Henry was dominating. And I was like, I don't know if Henry has the longevity. I think CMC is going to come back and dominate next year. Didn't pan out, right? But in my head, I was like, that's worth the risk to me. Like Henry is playing now. I don't have a chance in this league. Let me get to another guy that's similar. And it's always like, well, where can I find that injury dip? Now, I do still want to preface this a little bit. Buying the injury dip is risk. That's all you're doing is you're buying risk at a lower, lower potentially anyway, a lower price point. 
And so you have to be aware when you're buying that injury dip, you are taking on risk. And I think that's something that also gets ignored in this discussion. Anytime you're talking dynasty trades or valuation at all, it's like there's so much risk with every player on the field, but adding extra risk sometimes makes no sense for your team. So again, like all of this stuff makes it such a fun game because it's not like there's one way to do it. You know, and when you've right. got 50 leagues or, you know, whatever, you can play it different across all of your leagues, too, which is just like I love doing that with my own. And like in some leagues, I'm super conservative and letting everybody else trade and go nuts. And I'm just kind of like staying the course and others. I'm the one stirring the pot and going crazy, doing moves all the time. And like, I just love that about this. Like, it's such a fun game for that exact reason. Injuries are a part of it. And as much as yep. we hate to say it, COVID is a part of it. You know, like this, yep. this whole thing, we've known this was coming. You know, everybody wants to act like this is a surprise. All year, we got lucky to get 14 weeks of almost entirely free yeah. football. We did not oh. have an outbreak at all, and we didn't have to move any games. Remember last year, we had Tuesday games and oh. Wednesday games. Yeah. We haven't yeah. had to do any of that. We've been blessed. And to then have people go and, like, curse it for happening, it's like, bro, what did you think we signed up for? Like, there's a right. pandemic. We're actually able to watch football. We're going to games again. Calm down. It's a win. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all fun. It's all fun and games. That's what I always like. That's just yeah. for fun. Come on. Well, and you bring up a good point, though, about, you know, you're taking on risk. And that's why, you know, when when Scott brought up, you know, all of his shares of Hawk, it's like, you know what? If you really like Hawk, you can keep you can keep the number of shares that you have, but situationally move them, yeah. you know, sell a couple exactly. for, you know, what feels like a potential lateral pivot or something like that. Or, you know, like I said, you know, downgrade, you know, from a Kelsey to a Hawk on teams that aren't competing. Um, you know, you, you can do both. You can buy, you can sell, um, you know, you can send, you know, Kelsey to somebody that is contending where you're not and get Hawk back with some juice and, you know, still maintain your, your market share of, of Hawk, um, you know, or players that you like, whoever it is. So even though you might, you know, be buying that risk, um, if you're selling it off elsewhere, then, then then you're, you know, what we call in the investment businesses is you're kind of smoothing out the bumps, you know, yep. kind of thing. And that's exactly what you're doing by, 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 you know, buying and selling in different, different uh, areas. Yep. The way to play. Beautiful. So Scott, what are you doing with your teams now that when you're out of the playoffs, obviously one of the things we do is we buy some of these risks, right? We buy some of these players for next year. Um, what are you doing with teams though? Are you, are you still working the wire? Are you still, uh, obviously if there's no trade deadline, you can make those trades, but let's say there is a trade deadline and you're out of it. You're not a playoff team. I mean, for me, I focus more now on my playoff teams cause I'm going to go maximize my, my money. Right. Um, but for the teams that are out of it, are are you still are you taking your your foot off the gas? Are you still as diligent on the waiver wire? Are you paying as much attention? Um, do you do anything different than you would do during the season? Maybe you were already a rebuilding team and you weren't planning on being in the playoffs. Uh, any of those scenarios does does anything change for you? Is there anything different now now that we're in the playoffs and you're not? Yeah. No, that's a great question. So, yeah, so for me, you know, um, you know, position wise, I'll look at different positions different, differently. And so what I'll do is, is like wide receivers that, you know, maybe maybe they're at the end of their contract, you know, going to be a free agent or something like that. Um, you know, maybe it's one of those guys where maybe you're hoping for like a third year breakout 
you know, the old third year breakout, which, you know, we, we haven't, I mean, how long has it been since we talked about the third year wide receiver breakout, you know, kind of thing. Um, because so, so many of these young kids have just smashed when they come out now that it's like, you know, three years, no, nobody's even waiting three years. Nobody's buying three years. Nobody's buying three year breakouts or anything like that. Um, so I'll look at those where, you know, where guys might be going to different situations or maybe be getting in, in better situations. Um, and, and I'll definitely look at, you know, taking those guys on while I'm dumping guys that I think might be, might be cooked, you know, dumping a, a T.Y. Hilton or dumping a Nikhil Harry or dumping a, you know, whatever, somebody that, you know, has no value or this offseason could have less than no value. Then I'll take on some of these younger guys, um, you know, that, that you might, you know, like I said, you might be looking for a third, three or a four year breakout kind of thing that, you know their contracts up and they're going um, running backs. When I look at running backs, this is you know where you go super deep on on the depth chart, you know, and you get your your Jared Dokes and you get your Gores and and you get you know those kinds of guys that are that are hanging out there. Your Duke Johnsons. I mean, shoot, I picked up so much Duke Johnson today. Now that the entire running back room yeah. for uh, you know for Miami is on on COVID. Uh, let's see. Oh, dice. Reset on me. Uh, I was looking at it a little bit ago, but I think I had like 21 Duke Johnson shares. You know, um, yep. You know, so yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll do different things like that. Um, you know, maybe maybe on the shorter benches like our 99 Problems League. You know, where it's mm-hmm. a 24 man roster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you can get guys like Kine and, and Guanyu. You know, or mm-hmm. whatever that people haven't had room for because. We only have two IR spots and 24 roster spots, and I think we still play a friggin' defense and kicker in that league. So it's like those yeah, guys. If, if you them, have yeah. if you have four or five guys on IR, you don't have room to keep a key name. And so, you know, that's where I'll go through and I'll you know on, on teams that aren't competing is I'll look for guys like that that might get a little pop in camp and stuff like that. Young guys that. You know, maybe Madison, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, you know, what Madison's contract looks like. But, you know, maybe he's going to be a free agent next year or something like that after they paid Cook where, okay, then Kine is going to be the backup now. And he's going to have Madison value if something happens to Cook. So sure, sure. those are the kinds of things. I'll look at it situationally with their contracts, with their team situation, coaching situations, that kind of stuff, depending upon, you know, the position. Yeah, that I mean, I, I'm I'm right in line with you there. It, it makes sense. I I kind of they're on the back burner, but they're not out of mind, you know. So I'm gonna focus on my playoff teams, but then you know the waivers are gonna go through whatever Wednesday, Thursday. Now I'm I'm jumping into those rosters and I'm I'm looking for the opportunities there. Um, I also keep a list of which you know, cause I don't, I don't remember which leagues trade deadline passed and all that stuff. So I keep a list and then I'll go through those leagues and, and figure out, you know, do I have uh, you know, a, a need for, do I have assets to go buy a Hawkinson or do I have a Kelsey that I can trade, you know, type of thing. So, so yeah, that, that kind of helps me keep track of it. Um, Andrew, I know we, we talked about uh, somebody in the industry earlier um making a a statement on this once you're out of the playoffs but uh what 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 do you you tend to do uh with those dynasty rosters when you're out well i I think again we are on dynasty junkies we are all dynasty junkies ourselves we have tons of dynasty leagues 
There is no stopping. The only thing that stops is the trading in some leagues. But waivers never stop. Like, I, I don't understand why you would ever stop. Like there's a, a home dynasty league that I'm a co-commissioner of with a bunch of guys that are, you know, kind of casual players. And there was, a, I think after our first full season doing dynasty, we had our uh, rookie draft and somebody actually asked in the chat, like, okay, so waivers are off until August. Right. And I was like, no, just, just no, that, that's no, they're always on. Like we, we go to weekly waivers in the off season just because again, people have live yeah, you know, blurbs fair, yeah. happen. And I'm fair. like, I don't mind that. Right. Like I don't mind switching for that. But like even then, like and I think most leagues do that in the offseason, which I think is the right way to do it. But you should never stop. Why are you giving up? Like you're you, you do you really want to be in a league of people that give up halfway through the year? It's a dynasty league. You want this to be around for three to five years. And here after 14 weeks, people are like, nah. Oh, are you kidding me? Also, I think we're and this is we always talk about this, but dynasty players, while we look at the long game, are the most overreactive bunch I've ever seen in my life. You know, you get one guy like Jalen Guyton gets a touchdown tonight. He's going to be 99% owned. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people that are going to be like, he's the next KJ Osborne. And I'm like, Oh my God. But if he's available in a league, I'm surely I'm picking him up. You know what I mean? Like that's not how this works anymore. But like, we always want that next big thing. And it kind of ties into what we talked about earlier. It's like, everybody wants that free asset that becomes gold, right? We're all looking to just find gold and then our Hills. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me just go, yeah. Let me go find a penny stock yeah. that is going to end up turning into 50 bucks. You know, you can go buy your $500 Jonathan Taylor. I want to go find 500 penny stocks. Not right. only because I don't I don't think they're all going to become gold, but it just that's more fun for me. I, I like doing that more. Right. And there are definitely players that are in a ton of leagues or maybe six is too many for them. And they don't have time to keep track of all of it. So they just consolidate all their assets and they get the big players and they don't look at waivers. I get that, too. You know, like there's no wrong way to play this. And I think whenever somebody says the, the wrong way is X or the right way is X, I'm always like, I disagree. Like when people say about getting rid of kickers and defenses, I think there are definitely some leagues where that makes sense to do. But then there are others where I love having kickers involved because it makes it kind of different. <laughs> I'm just saying like every league is unique. Like there are 10 team leagues. There are 16 team leagues. Like you do you, boo. You know what I'm saying? Like go find the league yeah. that makes you happy. Like I'm not here to crap in your cornflakes. Right. And I think that's ultimately what that comes out like when people say, and, and again, I'm, I'm not mentioning names, but when people who are big in the industry come out and say things like, if you're out of the playoffs in dynasty, you shouldn't be using the waiver wire. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, no, like check your rules. Right. If it's allowed, it's then right. you're allowed. Like, I yeah. don't I don't get the uproar, but all week on Twitter, that's all we're hearing about. I love it. Right. <laughs> Can't get away from it. It's, it's a, apparently a hot topic currently, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me if, you know, if your league has rules on it, then, then that's what they're there for. I mean, I, you know, if I'm in some leagues where it's like, Hey, the, the waivers turn off for the non-playoff teams, whatever, like, okay, fine. You know, what, whatever. I mean, it's, that's not how I think it should be for dynasty, but you know, whatever I sign up for the league, that's the rules. I mean, I probably won't be in that league very long, but I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? But otherwise I have no idea why you would, you would stop doing anything ever in dynasty. It's why you're in a dynasty league. It's, it's for those of us who don't want to stop. I mean, honestly, that's half the fun. Like if you're, for me, I used to be in so many redraft leagues and it was like, you know, you start zero and six and it's like, well, you're, you're done your season. I mean, you did all that draft prep and you, you killed your draft and you, you made some good trade and you found the waiver wire gem and then you just, you had horrible luck and now your season's over. Well, 
that's why I play Dynasty because my season's not over. I can turn those you know pieces into other assets and do that. I mean, that's why we play the game. So yeah, I completely agree. I don't I don't understand where that mindset comes from. Um, but yeah, you you should you should never stop. Are you gonna maybe pay a little less attention to a couple of those leagues? Sure. It, it it just happens inevitably. I mean, we're human. We're gonna we're gonna lean towards the shiny object, but you know, it's, it's only it's so many hours in a day. Strange right? kind. I mean, yeah. yeah, like at right. some point you have to kind of throw things overboard. And after 14 weeks, I'm actually excited as hell that I've got five teams on a buy. You know, like I'm first round. <laughs> I'm like, thank I don't have that's five lineups. I don't have yeah. to set. That's five waivers. I don't really have to care about. You know what I mean? Because like some of those weeks when you're looking at lineups, I'm like, I gotta run waivers because I don't know if it was gonna get hurt. I mean. I might need somebody. Now it's like I'm looking to next week. Eh, I can let waivers go and see what happens after. It's like, ah, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, right. I'm sure if you're in 50 leagues, it's even more like exciting in a way. If there, there are a couple leagues I'm, I'm out of the playoffs and I'm like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like The, the grind is sort of coming to an end. Except for those leagues that have the consolation bracket where you can get yep. a 213 pick. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like there, there, is, there is no stopping, you know? I mean, literally. But that actually goes perfectly to the stop. topic. Like if your league is doing that, it's to activate this. It's to make things active. And Scott, sure. we were talking about this. Like if your league has weekly payouts and things like that, yep. like if there's something to play for, play for it. Like what are you doing? You know what I mean? But like if I'm in a league where the, the consolation bracket is for bragging rights and means nothing, I, you got have it. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to take a break. It's not a big deal, especially in redraft. Totally. Oh my God, like who cares in redraft? You know what I mean? Like Scott was saying, if I'm 0-9, I, see a league. I'm, I don't care about you anymore. No offense. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm, you have my money. I'm out. Like, I don't need, I don't care. But yeah. if I want to, I'm allowed to. There's the difference. Right. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. No doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. Is there any, anything else you guys want to, uh, try to. Well, the, 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 there's only oh. one other point I wanted to get into, and I don't think it's a big one, but it's on the same right. topic of, you know, if you're out of the playoffs, keep going. You know, I, I've, I've written a couple articles recently for Fantasy Pros to talk about that, where it's like, don't stop. Like, your your dynasty roster needs you right now. This is actually the time of year, and, and this sort of hits on what we said earlier. If everyone's stopping, you can gain some leverage, right? If your league is slowing down, now is the time you yeah. might be able to be like, all right, well, they're not paying attention. I can snag somebody, right? Like, And that happens in so many leagues where I go to look at the waivers, and I'm like, oh, I still have so-and-so rostered. Like, oh, I totally forgot about that. I don't need that guy. Like, I've got Jalen Samuels on a team. He's he's for Houston now. I don't even care about this guy. And I just go look at who ad drop and I, you know, find out something like, oh, that guy's available. Sure, why not? Let's have some fun. You know what I mean? Like, there's a plenty of those leagues. And so I just want to say, like, yeah. even if you're out of it, others in your league might be lazy here too. They might be falling asleep at the wheel. Now might be a good time just to go check. You don't have to do anything, but just go look at the waivers, go look at ad drops, go take a look at who's on your you know, available players section of your league and just, you know, take a peek. And then depending on who you like, I always do this. It may be a portfolio guys. Maybe you do this too, but like I picked up a share of Andy Isabella yesterday and I was like, I don't have him anywhere. I don't think he's worth much, but like if this Hopkins injury becomes big and green gets hurt again, I mean, maybe there's a chance he shows up in the playoffs and I could use him. It's on a rebuild team. So maybe he gets traded. You know what I mean? Like I don't have any shares. I'm like, you know, I kind of want to have one somewhere. So like, that's right. part of it too. Is it like, it's just, it's fun. The whole point of it is to have fun. Like I keep going back to yeah. <laughs> do what no, makes for you sure. happy. For sure. Scott, any any final thoughts on on playoff strategies, what whether you're in out, any final uh, words on that? No, I, I mean I would say the only thing, you know, when you're looking at this stuff and you and you get to this point, um, you know, don't get cute. 
you know, you, you get a lot of you get a lot of questions, you know, where people are, you know, thinking about sitting certain guys because of a matchup or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they wind up going off and it's like, you know what, you're you're in the playoffs for a reason. You got to where you are because of those guys. Go with who got you there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't get too cute. You know, when it, when you get in the playoffs, don't don't think that picking up, you know, uh, a certain player to start over you know, somebody that got you there just because he's a little banged up is, you know, is the way to go. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's it's, it's kind of like, you know, when I have discussions with my clients, it's like, look, you know, we're, we're going to structure your portfolio so you sleep easy at night. We're going to structure your investments so you can sleep easy at night. You know what? If, if you start, you know, a, a certain stud over, over a, a wide receiver three on a team and the wide receiver three goes off, Okay, that, that, that's made the right happen. decision. It's fantasy football. If you've been doing this long enough, that shit's happened to you a lot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know what? Put the checkbox in the in next to the guy that, that got you where you are, and and don't try and overthink stuff because as soon as you do, that's when Amari, you know, Amari Cooper sucks on the road, you know, kind of thing. And so they're playing the Giants on the road. So I'm going to sit Amari Cooper. And I'm going to start somebody off, and then Cooper goes for eight, one twenty, and two, you know, and it's like. Dude, it's yeah. the Giants. Yeah, he's on the road, but it's the Giants, man. So start his ass, you know. Um, so yeah, don't get don't get too cute. Don't overthink it. That always goes back to the the, the context answer. When somebody, I, I've had people that DM me or something. Should I bench a Waddle this week? And I'm like, for who? Like, because that obviously right. that matters. Like, I'm gonna. You're not gonna bench Waddle for uh, Jalen Guyton, maybe. But I'm sure as hell benching right. Waddle for Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? Like. It, it's all it's all a spectrum you know what i mean and i think the don't sit yeah. your studs mentality is always what i've had and there that's kind of come to play a little bit this year like earlier in the season i played alan robinson more than i probably should have right i'm like this is the week he's gonna happen in week three it didn't happen in week four it didn't happen i told you that but he's still he's one of those he was like a wide receiver three on a team you know what i mean like he was right my third no best i get it i get it but then it gets like okay we've we've got enough data to make a different decision you know what i mean but i'm not sitting guys like hopkins who are hurt unless he's out of course sure. then i'm sitting him. but yeah I'm, I'm right there with you scott like there's sometimes where i feel like people tinker a little too much like just, right. just man, stay, yeah. take a step back, take a deep breath, go for a walk. You're gonna be okay. You don't need to play with your lineup right now. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be fine. Just <laughs> make the right decision, and you know that you did what you could control. I mean, that's all you exactly. can control. Yep. So exactly. Yeah. 100 agree. All right, guys, and with that, we're on a good uh, timeline here to finish this out with our find me a trade. We have uh, this trade is from. Let me see if I can. Uh, I can pull it up. I got it up here. Can you? All right. This was, this you was want to a read super it. fun exercise. Yeah, perfect. It, it, I really enjoyed this. I, I, I was. This was a fun little exercise looking at a totally different league. You know, went in and looked at yeah. the settings, looked at the, the teams that were competing and weren't. But it's like fantasy addict or trade addicts nine is. is yeah. The and yes. It's, 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 if we're allowed to say that, sorry if, if we're not. Oh, for sure. You bad. are, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> a proud member but, of uh, the yeah, Dynasty no, I, Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, right. if you will. And Excellent. we will. We will. Yeah. No, but it, yeah, go ahead. it was awesome. I, I liked it. Intro the yeah. team, though, Sidlo. Intro the team a little bit. All right. So this this is a uh, TA league, and so it's 12-team PPR, super flex, 1.75 tight end premium with return yards, 32-man rosters, four-man taxi, and it is a start 10. Uh, it's essentially a flex league, as I 
call them where you have one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end, and then you have your five flex and a super flex. So a, essentially a flex league here. Um, the team that we're looking at here is Tenacious D. And the team is 13 and one and second and points. So this this is one of those, you know, we we try to get a, a mix and a variation. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, looking at different, you know, a lot of rebuilds, a lot of guys in the middle. This is one of those contenders that is, hey, what's this final piece here that will put me over the edge and get me that championship? And sometimes that's hard. And that's the best, you know, the best thing you could do is get get a different set of eyes on it and just different theory, right? We're, we're all, we all do things differently. We all think differently. And so, um, you know, what can we come up with here? Now, the one thing we don't know, obviously, is some of the guys in the league and, you know, whatever like that. So uh, sometimes that's where you get into, well, yeah, listen, I've already talked to that guy 15 times about that player and, and it's not going to happen. Well, I understand, but we, we got to try to come up with something here to, to see if maybe it, it'll, you know, knock something loose and, and make something happen. So the roster is um, quarterback wise. While you're pulling that up, I just want to say shout out for them not having a, a trade deadline. Oh, the trade addicts yes. doesn't have a deadline. No, I, I mean, ever. I, I get it. I, I mean, the, the name kind of implies it, but yes. I, I, I still, I still love that. Um. Okay. So quarterbacks, we have Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Taylor Heineke, Ben Roethlisberger. So you you've got obviously Brady's on a tear. Hurts is is a great two. Uh, but he's hurt right now. So we don't know if he's necessarily playing. So if he has to uh, move over to Ben there or Taylor Heineke, that could be a little bit iffy. So I did, I did consider um, quarterbacks um, in his, in his move here, but they're already aging as it is. So <laughs> kind of how he likes to play it. Um, tight end wise, uh, Zach Ertz, Kyle Pitts. So not not a lot of depth to work with there, but pretty much two guys you're starting in this format. Um, running backs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Deontay Foreman, Devontae Freeman, Royce Freeman, Jordan Howard, Godwin Iguabike, Philip Lindsay, Elijah Mitchell, Adrian Peterson. Lots of names in there that, that are guys that you could have plugged in at any point this season and, and gotten some pretty good points out of. You know, maybe not every week, maybe not for multiple weeks, but um, a lot of uh, one one or two week fill-ins there that, that get you some nice points. And then wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, Cole Beasley, Braxton Berrios, Marquez Callaway, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, who's out, Julio Jones, who's back, Byron Pringle, Josh Reynolds, uh, and a couple of other uh, bench guys. Now, he does have A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, um on ir and Kadarius tony on the taxi squad so for me those are definitely a couple things that i considered because you know we want to move guys that aren't scoring us points and get guys that are going to put points in our lineup here to win the championship um so he says the team is 13 and one second in points has a bye this week but feels like it's fading a bit down the stretch scoring is down and was just fortunate to play enough weaker teams at the end that it got him the buy. Lost Henry and CMC, which he traded for Fournette and Elijah Mitchell, which is interesting. 
And then AJ Brown is obviously out and now Hopkins is out. So it, it looks like he was actually pretty stacked here um, yeah. and just kind of losing, losing starters every week. Um, pretty light at wide receiver, but you you do only need to start one minimum. And so just looking for suggestions to fortify the team uh, or, you know, just, just that extra piece to get over the hump. So Andrew, what do you, what are you thinking here? Um, what are your thoughts on the roster and, and what did you look to do? Well, so I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head here. Uh, if you're 13 and one and you're going for the title, you need points more than you need value. Uh, you need production value more than you need trade value, right? Like there's all this talk that we always have, you know, I need points now. I don't mind about points later. Um, that doesn't mean you sacrifice points later for nothing. You, you still get the value on it. Uh, but I think too, the, the way that this team is built with some of the injuries that have happened and some of the, the COVID restrictions. I mean, this is a perfect week to have a bye week. Like I said earlier, it's the, oh, yeah. man, like to not have to set a lineup on this league has got to feel good. You know what I mean? But I think we're all going to be going the same kind of direction. So I don't want to, you know, spend too long on this. But my idea was like, well, moving AJ Brown, I think makes the most sense. I, I think there's still a ton of name value with that guy. Uh, I think you can still get a good value for him. And you can get a stud back for him in most cases. And then I'm also a little bit down on Barkley. I, I feel like you were talking about it a little bit earlier, Scott Stevens, where it's like, you know, Barkley plus a piece for Eckler or something like that's a that's a nuts trade that I think would be bonkers, except that makes perfect sense now. Like, that's just where <laughs> things have gone. You know what I mean? Like, if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, are you serious? Um, but no, that's that's how risky Barkley is. So I thought, well, what if you traded both of those to the team uh, named Suki, which I'm not going to get into that, but it's just a funny name. For Justin Jefferson, Michael Carter, and then they have a couple 22 seconds, it looked like. So my thought then is, obviously, A.J. Brown to Justin Jefferson is an upgrade. Barkley to Carter is a downgrade, but I'm not sure how much, because Carter's younger and on an offense that might be going up, and Barkley's on the Giants, and who knows. And then you get a second on there, too, just to be like, eh, still gives me a little bit of future value, so you're not giving it all away. But, I mean, Justin Jefferson slots in nicely to this team. It really makes you a little bit more stud-heavy. I love having studs going into the playoffs where you don't have to make decisions. Who am I going to start? I'm starting Justin Jefferson. That's not a question. So it just takes one, one fewer decision of my week. I don't have to worry about it. Um, with AJ Brown being in your IR, you're not getting any points. And Jefferson seems close enough to, if not higher than, than AJ Brown would be on a healthy week. It helps your team now too. So that's kind of where my head was at. So you still stay young. You're getting a little bit younger and still getting points, getting rid of some potentially declining assets and making a championship run. So that was kind of where I thought. What do you think about that one, Zidlo? Yeah, I mean, that's that's big time. I love it. Uh, I, I would probably make that trade um, if I could. You know, wasn't the biggest Michael Carter fan, but definitely has the opportunity in that backfield. And, and well, he's uh, just coming off an injury, you know, so he's kind of and, under the radar. You know what I mean? There's yeah, a potential yeah, I, that people won't like him that much. Yep. For sure. And if you can get Justin Jefferson, I mean, the – the the move there for me, I mean, I love AJ Brown. I love AJ Brown. And it's probably too emotional for me because I was all in on him, you know, as a rookie. And, you know, everybody freaking out about the landing spot. And I stuck with him and it paid off. And it's like, so I kind of have that emotional attachment, but um, I still love AJ Brown. And, but if I'm getting Justin Jefferson, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. You right? make it so, work. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh in that in that case <laughs> for sure. Especially the volume he's getting now with Thielen out. And who knows if Thielen comes back. Sometimes those ankle injuries can last a few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, Jefferson's going to get you a ton of points. And and then Carter can probably plug in for you, too. Not to mention, if you grab a second, you could also use that 
um, even this year because there's no trade deadline. So if you get into an arms race, you know, with another team, now all of a sudden you have the assets to make that work. Yep. That was kind of my thinking. And I think too, the, the Michael Carter has been injured and maybe, you know, Suki's looking at this like, Hey, you know what, Michael Carter, I don't think he's going to be anything. Justin Jefferson might get more, but he's been kind of overshadowed a little bit lately. Um, I think this time last year, he was dynasty wide receiver one, you know, all this hype up about him and he's probably still worth something around there, but you know, Jamar chase has come on strong and kind of kicked Justin Jefferson off the top pedestal in a sense. So maybe there's, you know, some, recency bias against Jefferson in a way. So I don't know. I thought about that, but Stevens, what did you think about that trade? And then maybe if you want to go into yours, even from there, yes. uh, we can kind of pivot then. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I love it. it. It's been so difficult, you know, recently, you know, to do big boy trades. You don't, you don't see, you know, big names for big names, you know, very often, you know, and, and even to the point where you know that you don't because anytime one goes down in a league, everybody comments on it and group me. It's like, Oh, big boy trade. Oh, big, boy, right. you know? And so, um, I, I love the idea for a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, I, I've been, I've been a little bit off of AJ Brown. I loved him as well, but especially when they lost Henry and if they wind up losing Henry, longer longer term kind of thing i think a a big part of aj brown's success was due to henry and the offense that he was in and all that kind of stuff and i think we've seen some changes in tanny's uh, tanny's armor you know since then um and then aj brown as much as he adores julio jones you can almost see why now because the dude literally like doesn't practice all week then he'll come in and play. Then he'll get hurt during the game. Then he'll come back in and play some more. And so, you know, it, it feels like to me that you're removing a lot of risk from from this roster, you know, moving both A.J. Brown and Barkley. You're still getting some, you know, cat, you know, some name cash with both of them. And so even though I was not a Michael Carter guy um, before, I agree with you. I think you're able to – I think you're able to get him since he's since of what he's coming off of, and the fact that the Jets have, have you know you know been crap on a cracker all year. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I think you're getting you know I think you're getting some solid value for somebody that might be you know a little down right now. So you know you're getting a couple starters because I think everything that I've heard is Carter's going to play this week. So you're getting a couple starters for a couple guys that you might not be able to start. Um, you know, next week definitely probably won't be. You know, you're not going to be starting AJ Brown next week. Barkley, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked next week to see who the Giants are playing. But um, I've actually benched Barkley in a couple of leagues this week. You know, playing the Cowboys. So, you know, I mean, I mean, seriously, think about this. A year, two years ago, would you have ever thought about benching Barkley, no matter who the hell he was? He could have been playing the '85 Bears defense, and nobody was benching Barkley. No chance. And I'm benching Barkley in a couple of leagues because of who he's playing and, and the offense that he's on. So. You know, I, I thought this I thought this was a great way to well, kind of leverage some some name caching and a couple of solid starters. Before you go into yours, I did I mentioned I meant to mention this earlier. Uh this the Suki is uh the seventh seed. Like they just missed the playoffs. Yeah, and so if I'm right. if I'm the seventh seed, if I'm in the middle, that sucks. There's nothing worse than being in the middle. But if I'm looking at this trade as a middle team, like yeah, okay, I'm losing Justin Jefferson, but I'm getting AJ Brown and Barkley. And I, there's a, there's some thought process. If I'm in the middle and I need to go a little bit over and I like kind of get in next year, AJ Brown is going to be great next year. I'm not worried about that. 
Barkley could very well be Barkley in the great Barkley again next year. Like there's a lot of upside with it on that side. And I mean, again, you're losing Carter, you're losing a second, but you're in the middle. Like, does it doesn't really matter. Like, give me the couple of players next year. I could see them making that trade. And that's kind of what I always like to do with these is look at the standings before you do anything and then say, all right, well, what are the odds of this happening? Is that team in a rebuild or contending? And obviously if they're contending and I'm contending, do I really want to help all these different contextual pieces come in? But if I'm seventh, I'm looking at that trade like, give me the A.J. Brown side. Like, I got nothing left to play for. I'm out. I, give me the A.J. Brown and the Barkley. I'll just re, I'll, I'll punt, come back next year, and be strong and ready to roll. So that was kind of my other thought I meant to mention. But what was your trade, though, there, Scott Stevens? And, and what was your thought process behind what you built? I know you got a couple that looks like here. Yeah, I like yeah, it. That, that's, that's my bad. I didn't know that I was only I was only allowed to do one. No, you're, so this I, is great. Listen, every, every guest puts their own spin on it, so – we, we love it. We do it every we week. It. I can't do three a week. You know what I mean? But I love it. I love the over. <laughs> yeah, this is great. This is, this good. is great. Yeah, go go well, through, it, go through it. Well, and it was a couple things too. Was the last sentence in you know in the breakdown of the team was I'm open to something big like moving AJ Brown or a small depth move. So I wanted to I wanted to give options for both because at the same time you know if 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 you're only concentrating on one trade partner and it's like the the guy we talked about in 99 problems. You, you might not right. be able to get anything done. So, you know, maybe you look at a few avenues and, and I did the exact same thing as you, Andrew, in looking at the teams that missed the playoffs, um, you know, and that might be more open to doing any kind of a deal, no matter what it is. And so I'll start with, I'll start with my, my lower ones, but I'll start with my third one first, which was one of the lower end moves, which was like a third for Van Jefferson or AJ Green, I think I think both of those could be got for a third, or a second for Kirk. So with with Hopkins out for the rest yep. of the year, with Nuke gone the rest of the year, I was thinking you know either AJ Green or Kirk both, especially this week, even though he's not he he has a buy this week, but they've got Detroit this week. I think both of those are great starts and and buys, um, and it seems like Van Jefferson is catching a bomb every other week. Mm -hmm. So um, you know that's what I was looking at as far as a smaller move was concerned. Um, something that was a little bit bigger, uh, I went to one of the other teams that, uh, one of the other teams that was out of the playoffs, uh, and I'm trying to find him right. Okay. So actually, so my, so my, my third one, Van Jefferson was on, was on the bottom ranked team, King of the North. Um, yes. and then, uh, Christian Kirk is on the second to bottom team, um, which is, his dark materials. Uh, Lord, Lord Yeah, there you go. That yeah. one. Um, he's got, uh, he's got Kirk. Uh, somebody else had AJ green. Um, but the other thing that I was looking at, Long so my trade, second yeah. one, I, yep. Thank you. So my, my second, you know, potential trade offer was, it felt like to me, he was a little heavy at running back. And, while I like Elijah Mitchell, um, there's also a scenario that I can see where, you know what, it's it's the Niners. Uh, one, he's banged up a lot. And, you know, then the other thing is, is, you know, they love the running back by committee. They could go a totally different direction next year. And Elijah Mitchell has a lot of value right now and a lot of name cash right now, especially if he's coming back healthy out of concussion protocol and everything, is I felt like, uh, I, I felt like this team was a little light in the wide receiver. And so if he could get a young, 
wide receiver for Mitchell for somebody that was hurting at running back, which these teams were. Um, and, and I left my notes at home, so I apologize or at the office, so I apologize for that. But um, so I was looking at either Bateman or Hollywood um, for, Bateman's on for Elijah Mitchell straight up. Yeah, Bateman's on Hip Hopopotamus, which I love that name. And then uh, Marquise is on Suki, the other one we were talking about before. Um, so there you both go. teams have missed yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. And it, yeah, and, yeah. And so, yeah, either going for either one of those or one of the other ones had Higgins. Was that high maintenance or was that Hip Hopopotamus? It was uh, Gabagool's. It's a wrong, uh, wrong Higgins. It was full blown trades. Uh, okay. Full blown trades. Shout out to Cousin Vito. Yeah. Shout out to Cousin Vito. There we go. Yeah, yeah full-blown yeah, full trade. And the other reason that I thought that that was interesting was, and, and this was a personal thing, was he's got both Chase and Higgins. So he might be willing to part ah. with Higgins since he's got two on, on the Bengals. Um, and he's know, only got Miles Sanders. Like he's definitely needy at running back. He's only got Miles Sanders. So I love that it, one. I thought that made, that made it, too it, much sense. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So like a Mitchell, you know, even if he's got to add a little – you know, to get Higgins. Um, I, 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 I thought that that one was another one that made sense. Um, and then, and then my, my number one was, and, and maybe it's because I did this earlier in the, in the season myself was I actually traded AJ Brown for Godwin straight up in one of the dynasty mm-hmm. trades HQ uh, leagues, the HQ two uh, okay. that I'm in. And um the, but the other reason that I liked it with, for him was, was he's got Brady. So he's got a stack now of Godwin yes. and Brady. And if he, gets a little, if he gets a little bit of juice, you know, with it, like I think I wrote in there, you know, A.J. Brown for Godwin in the third, but I would settle for, for Godwin straight up. You know, doing that and having that stack through the playoffs um, with those matchups because, you know, they've got the Saints this week while, he, while he's on his bye and Saints probably play them tougher than anybody. So this is probably the week that I, I don't want a Godwin Brady stack. But moving forward after that, um, I, I would dig one. So those were kind of the three different ones that I looked at, but all of them were centered around trying to get some wide receiver production because it felt like he was he was heavy at wide rec- at running back and had plenty of depth there and maybe used some of that depth um, you know, to, to grab a, a young wide receiver. Or if he did want to, you know, move on from AJ Brown and he needed that big name to get another big name wide receiver, then Godwin was my other one for the stack with Brady. So that was that was my kind of thought process through the whole thing. I love it. I love all of them. I love making the stack. That's that's always huge. I love moving a running back for a receiver, especially Bateman. I love that. Um, yeah, and then even just the little ones with with throwing a third or a second to try to grab those guys that are going to produce for the rest of the season and give you that nice fill-in. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board all the way around there. I think uh, he's gotten a lot of nice options here to to figure something out. Um, yeah, way to overachieve. I like that. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> this is that's amazing. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I honestly looked at maybe doing some sort of small deal for like a quarterback. Uh, the problem is you can't really move like Ben and Heineke have zero value, especially yeah. to anyone else. They're actually most value is to you because you're you need them <laughs> to win the ship right now. So. Uh, you know, unfortunately Hertz is, is banged up. Hopefully he comes back, but I, I thought about maybe could you just throw for like, uh, you know, even a Gardner Minshew or something just so that way you have that direct mm-hmm. replacement, 
something small like that. I know it's not fun, but it's it might be the difference, right? Um, now, trading AJ Brown is never something I want to do. Uh, but if I were in this situation and I can win a ship, then I, I'm open to it. Uh, King in the North at the very bottom there. Now, when I'm rebuilding or when my team is is rough <laughs> like that, um, I, I don't want running backs. I don't want running backs scoring me points and, and moving me up and, and doing all that. And he's probably not competing next year. I, I realize DeAndre Swift is still very young and, and could certainly be around for when he is competitive. But in the meantime, I can rebuild faster without him and I can add a still a very young uh, wide receiver. So I actually like this trade better for King in the North than I like it for Rocky because I'm trading a running back for a young receiver. And, you know, for me to trade a young wide receiver for a running back is almost blasphemy. But again, (laughs) certain scenarios uh, going for the ship, trading A.J. Brown to King in the North for DeAndre Swift. Now, that also has some risk because we don't know that Swift is coming back for sure. So I'm banking on the fact that you have the buy this week, then Swift would be back the following week now if i'm detroit i'm i'm shutting him down for the season but this is detroit we're talking about right and so we we can't uh you know trust them to make good decisions and so maybe he could come back and and if he does he's gonna score a lot of points so you know and it's not like he's gonna have zero value after this season you know he's gonna be around for a long time so uh that that was kind of my final thoughts there well, I'll jump in here and say I'm I'm 100 on board with this. If if I am in that King of the North team and I'm you know bottom of the standings, Swift is easily easily the best player on that team, and easily the best player that you would move. Like the first thing I would do is get him off my roster for value. I'm not giving him away, but I right. think getting a, getting a guy like AJ Brown again it, it insulates your risk. Receivers, generally speaking, last a little bit longer and are, generally speaking, not going to fall off a cliff, much like running backs can. Um, I mean, again, one knee injury to Swift, like we saw with ETN and Akers, and not knee injury to Akers, but you got like some of those injuries to Dobbins and things like that, their 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 value takes a significant hit. Uh, a receiver, it doesn't happen as often, and they're they're you know only touching the ball eight to ten times if you're lucky. That's a good time, but. Running backs get it 30 times, sometimes 20 times. Like that's just the risk is higher to get injured. And I don't want anything on my roster right now. That's going down in value. I mean, at this point, like he's got the King of the North team already has uh, Justin Fields and Deshaun Watts and Zach Wilson, perfect quarterback setup for that kind of a rebuild. Like these are all three young players that have still got a lot of future. Watson's got a ton of risk. Wilson's got a ton of risk. Swift has no risk. What are you doing? Get risky. And going with A.J. Brown gives you some options. So I thought that was a terrific trade. And I think, too, um, there are people out there that would argue Swift, you know, better than A.J. Brown in a vacuum and would say, you know, dynasty startup wise, I'm taking Swift over. But if I'm on it, looking at all of this context, if I'm this team, I think I'd rather have A.J. Brown. I 100 percent get the logic. Yeah. Well, and even if you have to throw in a third or something like right. fine. Great. Always willing to do that. So. Yeah, man. Well, this is. This worked out perfectly, and we're right on schedule here, closing our our typical hour and a half because that's what we do. nailed it. <laughs> oh man! So, yeah this this was great. A lot of great discussion, and uh, man, Scott, awesome to have you on and get a chance to to chat with you and and get some of your thoughts. I know we have some similar mindset with the portfolio stuff, but but those I, I always learn a lot you know, when, when I hear you and when I hear Scott and when, when we have these discussions, um, 
you know, it just, you can always learn, you can always learn, you can always get better. And, and that's, that's what I really enjoy and take away from this. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, you know, sitting with you guys, you know, in a situation like this where it's, you know, where it, it, it's, you know, three-way conversation kind of thing, you know, like you said, you know, we have similar mindsets and we've got, you know, for me, we've got good bones as far as our strategies are concerned, you know, so hearing different kinds of strategies and stuff like that just kind of opens your mind or, or, you know, sets off a light bulb of, oh yeah, you know, I can do that, but I can also even do that over here. And, and so, yeah, you know, it, it, it's not even really, I don't even, I don't even know if learning is, is the right thing because, you know, I don't think either, I don't think any of us are smart enough to, you know, to, to be, to be teaching anything else. But I think what it does is it, it just gives us other avenues or other ideas or lets yes. us expand upon our own, our own knowledge and our own strategies. And, and that's what I love about, you know, this space and, you know, the people in it and, you know, the Patreons and all that kind of stuff, you know, surrounding yourself with smart people that, um, you know, have, like I said, similar base structure as far as what they think about, but, you know, think about things in different avenues and stuff like that. I mean, like the point that you brought up about, you know, the King of the North team and the fact that he's probably two or three years away from competing by the time he's ready to compete, you know, Swift might be, might be gone, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, that's a great point that not a lot of people think about, you know, there's, there's been plenty of times where I've given advice of, you know, yeah, you know, Swift's a great piece to build around. Well, you know what? To your point, context, context, context. How long? Right. It's great to build around if you're going to be competing next year. Right. It's not great to build around <laughs> if you're three years out. You know, kind of thing. So, you know, you're you're spot on, and that, and that's like I said, that's something that, you know, I don't always think about. Um, you know, when it comes to that, is is, you know, because I always feel like I'm going to be able to turn, you know, something around quickly. And so, you know, I'll look at those kind of building block pieces, but, you know, it, it bring, you bring up a great point that I need to be a little bit more realistic on, you know, am I a couple of years out? And if I am, then maybe I need to kick the can and, you know, trade trade guys like, like a Swift, you know, for a Bateman Plus or, you know, whatever kind of thing and, and get some of those young, you know, higher end wide receivers that are especially attached to, you know, or, you know, are going to be attached to an elite quarterback, you know, and if you yes. can do something like that while getting out from under, you know, running back, then that's a great call. So oh, I love it. This was great. Cool, man. And if you want to continue the conversations with Scott and his advice and everything, you can find him in the a couple Patreons. We mentioned what the dynasty trades HQ, the dynasty and chill. Um, he's very active in there. Uh, a lot of great advice and content. Um, also you can follow him at FF stockbroker. One of my favorite handles. Uh, that's, that's just, I mean, is that just not perfect? I mean, that is just, I don't know how you got that. That is a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll finish up here with a little bit of our business. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies, proud member of the DAP Network. Uh, for you know Rocky FF, what is it? FF trade? No, sorry, Dynasty I that up every time. Dynasty FF. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Hall FF, myself at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review anywhere and everywhere you listen. Jump on with us live. Get in the comments. Um, you know, send us your 
your uh, F mats here. Find me a trades. If your trade deadlines haven't passed at this point, we're still going to rock with those and, and help you guys out as much as we can. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. We have uh, just keep these guests lining up, man. We're going to keep bringing you content, keep helping you however we can and closing things out. And so for episode 76, Andrew, you want to take us out? Junkies out. <laughs>